Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 149. It's now been three years, nine months, and nine days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today is something I haven't done for a really long time. It's 100% bonus episode. That means when I woke up today, I decided it'd be a great day for me just to put on my hiking shoes and get up the mountain. And as long as I was going up here, I might as well talk to y'all, right? <laughs> but I didn't have time to write the show. Writing the show actually takes a few hours and I didn't wanna wait. I just wanted to get moving on this, our Veterans Day here in the US. So I also want to make sure to remember and thank all of those who have been in our armed services, past and present. My father who's passed away served in World War II as did my father-in-law. I had friends who served in Vietnam and I just wanna thank everybody because that is a really big sacrifice that the service people make in order to keep our country safe. So here's a big smoochie for you. Mm. So we're going to listen to Josh and then I'll come up with what I'm going to let go of today. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never Josh, it's really poignant for me to hear you today at the upper Zen place at the top of the mountain. I haven't been here at the very top of the trail for a while for a couple of reasons. One, it's a little more off the way and not as noisy over on the next top Zen spot. But here at the top Zen spot, there is the most beautiful old oak tree and a nice bench and a wonderful view. And when I started the show, I spent many a time here at the top Zen spot because it is so peaceful. And it gives me a sense of accomplishment that I actually went to the top of the trail. And I think that's what I'm going to let go of today is needing to get always to the top of the trail for expecting things from my mind, having plans in my mind and needing those things to happen the way that I think. Now, this is a lot related to perfectionism. It's a lot related to having control. And I was looking at the Insight Timer app, the one that I use to track my meditation. And I've now meditated 177 days in a row. Wow, yay for me. I celebrate that about myself because having a racing compulsive mind means it is not easy for me to concentrate on my breath and to let thoughts bubble up and float away like leaves on a stream and the other techniques that you can learn via meditation. But I've really been taking some of these lessons to heart and finding it that it's helping my life. It's a very, very, very different mindset for me to be actually in the moment. And in the next show, I'm going to go revisit some of the comments that BC Dave wrote about mindfulness. Today, as I said, it's a bonus show, so I don't have his comments here with me. But he was talking about trying to be mindful and how it's hard to be mindful when you're trying to be mindful. And 
I was learning something from one of my meditation talks that I was listening to the other day about the difference of being present in this moment and just how quickly your mind thought can take over. Now, this is a really interesting perspective because if you sit with me right now and you feel either the car beneath your bum or the chair or the bed, or you feel the path beneath your feet if you're walking with me right now, if you feel some aspect of your body, that is very, very in the moment. But the minute you think yourself like, oh, I think I'll have a peanut butter sandwich for lunch, or oh, I'd like to eat those cookies, or oh, I should have, you know, cleaned the house today. Anything that's in your mind is not real. It may be an intention. It may be something that you're thinking about that you're going to do, a regret of what you have done, but nothing that's in your mind in this moment is actually real. Think about it. It's either thinking about the past or it's thinking about the future. When your mind is concentrating on your physical reality, like where you're sitting or the air coming into your lungs or leaving your lungs, or you're paying attention to the way your food looks right in front of you right now, or you're paying attention to the actual flavor that's on your tongue right now versus the bite that's coming up or the seconds you're thinking about maybe having (laughs) or something like that. You know when you're in the moment because it's happening right now. It's not even five minutes ago. Like if I think about what it was like to walk up this hiking trail, that's not true right now. It's true that I did walk up that trail, but all of those experiences and all of those memories are filtered through my assumptions of what it's like to hike up the trail. How I feel now may color what I remember of walking up the trail, even though that was only like half an hour ago, right? If I think right now that I'm sitting here on the top Zen bench and I feel the temperature, which is very, very comfortable, maybe 68 degrees, and I feel the dampness in my shirt because of the sweating that I did from walking up that. These are all things that are occurring to me right now. This is my life experience now, this moment. And how this impacts me, because we've all talked a lot about mindful eating and being mindful to help us with intuitive eating or other things like that. But even something like, should I go hiking today? Because I was planning later on this evening to go work out with some voiceover acting friends and that meeting got canceled. And I said, oh, look at that. I've got some space of time. What should I do with it? Well, my first thought was, hmm, I could watch some Survivor. That's relaxing. But no, I even had the passing thought, maybe I could mop the kitchen floor again. No, I did that the other day, though. I Actually, I'm getting better at our uh, mortifying, dusty house of horrors. And I thought maybe I could clean something. And I did a little bit. But I imagined, again, this isn't real, but I imagined in my mind, what would it be like to just go hiking up the mountain on such a comfortably pleasant temperature day? Because normally I'm racing up this mountain early, 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 early to try to beat the heat because this mountain gets so 
dang hot. And I am just not a fan of horrible, horrible heat. So usually if I don't have a show written and I'm not ready to go like out the door at 6.30 in the morning, I'm not coming up here. I mean, I have a few times, I will admit, but I don't normally do it in the middle of the day. Today, it's just a little bit afternoon that I started up the mountain. That is so rare. But I had this idea in my mind that wasn't what was occurring to me in that moment. But I had the intention, like I could go up that mountain. Then I thought, well, you know, it's about time to do the show. Maybe I should write the show first. And I debated all of that. And as I said, it usually takes me somewhere between two and three hours to actually write and put together all the bits that go in between the letting go segments and organizing all of that stuff and getting it ready and getting the show notes ready and doing all of this. I said, by the time I do all that, in that moment, it made me tired, made me not want to. What was it I actually wanted to do in that moment? In that moment, what I wanted to do was go hiking. And I did want to talk to you. I just didn't want to have to plan for it. So in the past, my compulsive mind would say, hey, so many BCs have actually provided some really great comment conversations over the last couple of shows that I haven't gotten to yet. I've got some fairly new BCs who have reached out to me and I want to, you know, greet them or talk to them some more, talk about what's going on in their life. I've got all these things that I want to organize and get together so I can make my next show. But what did I, Lori, want in that instinct of wanting to go climbing? I didn't want to organize. I didn't want to write things down. I just wanted to be outside. I wanted to enjoy what it's like to go hiking in this weather. It's not cold, it's not hot, it's not rainy. It's a little bit overcast, so it's not so hot. I wanted to feel my muscles move. I wanted to get a little more exercise because due to various medical things I've been facing lately, I haven't been able to move and exercise as often as I like just for my own happiness not connected to what I weigh or my body shape or anything, but just for my own happiness, I, Lori, feel better when I'm moving, when I'm biking, hiking, walking, doing yoga, doing all of these things makes me feel better, makes my digestion better, makes my mood better, makes me sleep better, all of these things. And today I had an opportunity where I had this intention or feeling thanks to my brain, that I'd like to go. And where does this come back to mindfulness? Didn't you just tell us, Lori, that everything you think in your brain isn't really true? It's true in that moment. And in that moment, I became aware that what I really, really wanted to do was to go hike. Then I thought, well, I could just hike and not record anything. Because after all, the show I had planned is a different show than the one you're getting today. Then I thought, who cares? The BCs don't care. They will appreciate whatever show I have today. If they don't like it, they can turn it off, right? Those who do appreciate my wanderings of my mind and my off-the-cuff comments will enjoy this show and might find it very refreshing to have something that isn't written to listen to. But even if zero of you (laughs) want this show this way today, what I wanted was to talk to you about mindfulness, 
because to me, this is such a huge deal. This has been so incredibly helpful for me. I know that I've talked to you before that I've suffered for over 30 years, maybe 40 years, with almost debilitating insomnia. I can go for weeks and only sleep two hours a night without medication. And I hate taking pills to sleep. And I hate not feeling rested. And I hate what that does to my digestion. And I hate what that does to my hunger signals. Because when you are totally exhausted in your body, it is very, very, very hard to maintain an intuitive outlook because your body is just screaming for something. And what that something is, is sleep or rest. But insomnia is a very tricky animal. So part of why I started meditating was to try to get back some of my natural sleep to see if I could maybe train my mind a little better or learn ways to let this racing thoughts go. Or at least if I had to be awake, Here's something calming and interesting that would make me feel good instead of the endless agony and worry about tossing and turning and should I get up and, you know, what should I do? Insomnia is a very lonesome, sad, and desperate feeling when it's a bad problem. And I've sought help for it at all ends of the earth, it seems like. Many doctors, many sleep studies, many psychologists, many, 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 many different places have I sought help. I have done many hypnosis programs and other things, and nothing has worked so well as this continuous learning to meditate. And I meditate in the night, I meditate in the morning. Anytime I'm feeling anxious now, I take a moment and meditate. Because meditation isn't really just like sitting on your pillow cross-legged and having a, a, your gong and then having, having this special thing happen. It's really about learning to be here right now. Your mind can't race a lot when it's staying in the here and now. And you don't have as many worries about what's going to happen when you are here right now. And I gotta tell you, food is darn delicious when you're eating it right now and paying real attention to it. And I don't mean as a rule, oh Lord, I have to chew this 20 times now before I swallow. I have to make sure to put my fork down. I need to make sure that I talk to three people at the party before I take another bite. No, when you actually gaze at what you've chosen to eat and you've chosen to eat it because you want to (laughs) and you look at it and you appreciate what it looks like and you appreciate the feeling of your fork and knife or spoon or however, your chopsticks, and you appreciate how that feels to cut through it or pick it up or take a bite of it, and you see that and for some foods have a very pleasing odor, and you appreciate that, and then you slowly savor it because it's something in that moment that you want to experience. Wow. That is a very different experience of food than it is to, you know, chug handfuls of M&Ms down your gullet because you want a sugar rush or you're feeling disappointed or sad or mad at somebody. It's really different. Now, I can't do that all the time. Sometimes I just want a quick sandwich. I'm on the go. I'm in a hurry. 
Or sometimes, even though I'm aware of what I'm doing, I'm dealing with an emotion by using food, my old friend. But the difference is I do know it. And because I'm having more practice with being mindful, not only with food, but in my life, I'm much more able to identify emotions. And I'm shocked and amazed and surprised at how many emotions I didn't know I was having on a regular basis. How I was covering up even small things, like little kids who would tell lies when they're not, re- they're not even going to get in trouble, right? <laughs> if you're a teacher or your mom or auntie or grandma, you know that the kids will come up sometimes and tell you lies that are just silly. <laughs> they're for no reason. I was telling myself lies a lot of the time. All the time. I don't know why. Maybe some part of me felt that to be open would be dangerous. For me to even know my own heart would somehow be dangerous or too scary or too tender. And the best protection was to hide behind a mask. And masks and mindfulness don't mix that well. They just don't. So it was kind of scary to embrace mindfulness. And I don't know where my insomnia will be. I don't claim that it's cured yet but I'm sleeping a lot more. The sleep quality is a lot better. I have more days these days where I'm feeling refreshed and not endlessly exhausted. I'm really pleased about that, you know? So I might not be size eight like I was when I got down to my Weight Watcher goal those many years ago. And I might not have the best muscles in the world like I did when I was doing the back-to-back body for life. I can't even do push-ups anymore, to be honest with you, though I did 50 in a row back then. There's a lot of things that I could tell myself, you're not as good as you used to be. And there's a lot of fears I could tell myself about in the future as life goes on and people leave my life through death or moving on or moving away. But what happened in the past is the past. And what's happening in the future, I really don't know. Because even if I plan to have peanut butter sandwich for lunch, by the time I get down off this mountain, maybe something better will appeal to me. Maybe something else will be there in that moment. In this moment, I'm sitting on a wooden bench on top of a mountain. I'm hearing crickets and birds and a light breeze blowing through my hair. I feel wonderful. My muscles feel alive from the exercise. My heart feels wonderful because everything I've told you is the absolute truth. And I feel that for some of you, this will make more of a connection And the thing that makes me most happy about Compulsive Overeating Diary is the connection that I make with those who reach out to me or even those who don't. The idea that I'm not isolating, that I'm actually reaching out into the world to be there with you brings me so much joy. I thank you in this moment 
because I feel you here beside me on the top Zen bench on the mountain. Until next time, BCs, take care, because in this moment, and in any moment you can think of, I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound.